You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Hi, Sean. What what do you have on your mic over there? I either... I'm not entirely sure. It's. I'm hoping it's cat hair. I'm, You're like grooming your... They're very, they're very fine hairs. You look... Wow. <laughs> Just saying. You I'm look, hoping it's cat hair. You look like a primate, like grooming your partner or whatever your family member yeah no it's just you know like there's little things there and then uh you know when i I lean into the microphone they kind of like tickle my face tickling you don't want to be sneezing during this episode is it a sneeze or is it a cough it's a cough last week yes but that was just because you tried to inhale your drink it wasn't because you had something tickling your nose and i'm back at it i have another drink this time it's a different drink uh, I'm going to try very hard not to inhale my inbound fruit of the loop. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. And I have faith in you that you will have learned from your mistakes from the past and move forward Well, more I, successfully. If you're trying to refer to drafting Jalen Rager, then yes, I will. <laughs> I will learn from that mistake. So we, we mentioned last episode, Sean, uh, we were getting together for the draft with some league mates, oh, the yeah. NFL draft. My favorite time of the year right it's it's kind of it is kind of nice it's it's definitely it's low stress yeah it's like you can root for yourself you're excited you you, i mean i I don't know this because i i always have a winning record so i'm never in the lottery but but you can you can root for for an outcome and if you don't get it it's still not that stressful because deep down you know that the person in front of you is going to screw up their pick and you're going to get your guy anyway it's kind of like for me, Christmas versus Thanksgiving. I think I said those in the wrong order if I was going to make the analogy, but Thanksgiving is like of this low stress holiday. All that's expected of you is to like show up and eat, right? Or if you're hosting, hosting. You're cooking, I think but, I think I think the hosting is the stressful. Well, also, depending on your family being stuck at a dinner table with that could be pretty stressful. True. But I I just feel like Christmas in general has all these like Yeah, you got to get you got to get the presents, you got to wrap them, you got to there is a crap ton of stress. There's just like yeah, these expectations what a that terrible holiday. that come along with it. <laughs> like people are supposed to be happy and merry and and it's kind of a tough time of year like for you're a not lot always of yeah you're not always happy and merry I, I think it's a i think i feel like i've read somewhere that like it's a high level of depression yeah during that time of the year and yeah. maybe that's just the dis- disparity between what you're expected to be really happy and like how you're re- really feeling at the time also it's dark outside like all the time yeah in minnesota at least it's dark. I, I did not expect to go there to go to the couch today but uh but i'm glad we had that well, anyway so you brought this up actually because you're discussion. pretty happy aren't you i'm pretty happy so at at the nfl draft party with our league mates we break our ties from the season before to figure out who gets which rookie pick 
Uh, and so we had, uh, I mentioned last episode, like I said, we had four ping pong balls. I am listening, by the way. I'm still picking at my in, microphone. In the drum. You're distracting me a little bit. Um, four ping pong balls in the drum. You got the vacuum cleaner out and sucked out balls one by one uh, from whoa, picks whoa, five. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> picks five, four, three, and two. Do cats have curly hair? I think it depends on the cat. And... Uh, I ended up getting the number two overall pick yes. in the league. You and did. I'm, and that that's the best possible outcome for me, and I'm super pumped about it. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you there was some some disappointed faces. And by the way, the guy who um, who literally loses this ping pong ball draw every single year traded the pick to our good friend uh, uh, Justin Bodie, and, and then who Justin also lost. So the, the that guy's pick is cursed and that's lance actually and he's been on the show a long time ago i don't think he's been on for a while quite a while but you might have heard his name before yeah he, lance was smart he knew to get rid of that pick <laughs> it was cursed anyway so that's great news uh did you have fun watching the draft i, I know uh we all watched the first round together you came had, over for uh most of the second round i, I think. was gonna say i had more fun uh in terms of what happened on the screen with the draft i had more fun in day two yeah the day two is where, where that's where the money's made yeah um fantasy wise yeah or i think for nfl teams too honestly i think i think oh, right that's I, I just think that's where uh fortunes are made and, and lost i think it's in uh day two of the nfl draft so and um, I, I felt again like it was kind of like a crazy trading year, even within the draft. Like I just feel like this was a really active year. Somehow, uh, the NFL has turned into the NBA. Like <laughs> just the off-season trades is like that's like an NBA NHL thing. Or basically, football has got the fewest trades of any of the major leagues. Um, not this year. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, hopefully, it continues. All right. So we this episode have. A couple of guys that we wanted to touch on that were drafted in the third round that we did not profile earlier. So we're going to do that today. And then we are going to get into guys that we think moved because of their landing spot in the draft or they the perception move, is. Yeah, they either moved for us or they didn't move for us, but everybody else thinks they should move. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about, I think it's a total of about 20 guys, but we're going to Go back and forth pretty quick on those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, should we get into our uh, our profile, Sean? Um, yeah, I am ready to go. So, the first guy we want to talk to is Tyrion Lannister. No, sorry, Tyrion David Davis Price. Uh, or talk of... about him. He's not here. So, if I say we're going to get into him, no, you said you're going to talk to him. Did I say that again? I, I yeah. Is this the, one of those fine. things we're going to roll the tape? Well, you don't, it's not okay, that I'm, big a deal. I, yeah, I know. You're making a big deal of it right now, though. He's stopping my role. Sorry. You go ahead, All sir. Right. Tyrion Davis Price, 21 <laughs> years old, uh, running back for LSU, was drafted in the third round by San Francisco. And uh, I don't know that many people saw that coming. I know I did not. Uh, he's six feet tall, 219 pounds. And uh, so we went back and watched the watched some film on him. And I... Be aware, there are people who are like, oh, rest in peace, you know, and then whether it's uh, Elijah Elijah or Trace Sermon or something like that, because you'd spend third-round draft capital, it means something, although I'll point out that Trace Sermon was third-round draft capital last year, and that didn't mean much. So, right. so I think we wanted to figure out, is this guy 
uh, is he a threat to Sermon or Mitchell? Um, and uh, maybe I put those in the wrong order, Mitchell or Sermon. Um, and That's... if so, in what way? So uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. I, I did see some good things out of him. I saw good power. He was good on the goal line. So I could see where teams would be interested in for that, interested in him for that. Uh, he can drag defenders, and I thought he did a nice job of finding and slipping through small creases. So those are the good things I saw about him. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, you can keep going. All right. I didn't know if you wanted you to do your positives mm, first. I'll do. I'll do all of mine later. All right. Um, negatives. I saw. Uh, I didn't see much lateral agility. He doesn't have the ability to elude defenders at least kind of in those closed spaces. Um, he And I saw he just kind of gets what's blocked for him. I didn't see him creating yardage on his own. <clears throat> um, he was not a receiver basically at all. He, I, I didn't really see him run routes. He'd kind of slip out into the flat once in a while. He was throwing a few balls and didn't catch most of them. So I just think his receiving ability is definitely a negative for him. His long speed is okay, but he's a guy that lacks burst, I think, when he first gets the ball. So that's a negative for me as well. And I did see him put a ball on the ground in one of the games I watched versus Alabama. Uh, just some neutral things, just some things to know about him. I see him as a straight-line runner, uh, basically only. He occasionally does line up as a, as a receiver. Um, and in terms of blocking, I didn't see guys get by him, but I almost always saw him double teaming somebody so he wasn't responsible for blocking somebody one-on-one -on -one hardly ever in the film that i watched okay uh all right so i have some strong opinions here and i'll be quick about them um because i don't want to spend too much time talking about mr davis price so he has he had from what i saw especially knowing that he went to san francisco i, I paid a lot of attention to what kinds of runs what schemes were being used, and uh, and how did he respond in those schemes? And I'd say in like a man or like a gap scheme, um, where it was blocked well and there were big holes. And I'm assuming most people know what that is, but what you're talking about right now is where the play is called for a particular spot on the line. Yep. So the and, running back and is usually you can tell that because in. Those cases, they're going to be, there's going to be like a pulling guard or a pulling tackle or a pulling center. Somebody's going to be on the line is going to be moving to hit that point of attack, and the running back's job is to read those blocks and how they're going to how they're going to uh, um, uh, play out, and then make cuts off of those blocks. Right. So that's a he's got like a specific responsibility for reading certain blocks. Right. Right. And that's opposed to. Uh, uh, zone scheme where pretty much the linemen stay put and they're going to be blocking left or blocking right. Um, uh, there, there's not a lot of pull action in a zone zone scheme and the running back basically is going to be looking to move one way and cut a uh, cut up field where he thinks he has an advantage. Sometimes they, they'll fake or faint in one particular gap, pull a linebacker into that gap and then bounce to another one that's that's how they can manipulate the linebackers is a little bit is is being deceptive about what hole they're going to go through. And in San Francisco, where he went, they it's largely wide, it's do a, it's a wide zone scheme. Yeah, they stretch him out and they, and they let their they let their uh, running backs um, <clears throat> play off of those those blocks. So it was very 
I was very curious about this pick yeah. because what I saw, he did just fine in, in a man man blocking place. Like like he he could follow a, a guard and cut off of that guard's block, and he did a pretty good job of of, of making that read. Um, I also thought he had pretty good power. Pretty much at the end of every run, he's falling forward. So he, I, I thought that that was um, a good thing about his game. I thought he was terrible in zone blocking schemes. Yeah. So he, he I think, I feel like he was reading the situation poorly, and he wasn't quick enough to utilize the space available. So even if he could see something, he couldn't move laterally quick enough to to hit it. Right. And uh, so I don't understand what San Francisco was doing. And to me, it's a terrible, first of all, he should have gone like fifth, sixth round, just mm-hmm. on ability alone, but he should have gone to a different team. He yeah. Should, he should not have gone to that team. So like, like this is a, a, a perplexing choice. Um, that was exactly the conclusion I came to. Yeah. I, I said, it seems like a mediocre back and a really odd fit for San Francisco. Yep. Um, he's, he's, uh, in addition to that, he is a poor pass catcher. He's a terrible pass blocker. Like he was awful when uh, uh, they held him in the backfield. Um, average agility at best. Um, I felt like when he was forced to make a decision, he, he he was not always clear. He stops to figure it out, and then he loses all of his power because most of his mm-hmm. game is premised on power. So, my advice: I wouldn't draft him before the fourth round. I don't care about draft capital. He's not going to play. He's going to. He's not anywhere near the back of Elijah Mitchell, and he's not. Actually, I don't think he's as good as Trey Sermon. As bad as Trey Sermon, or as I should say, unexciting as Trey Sermon was last year. I like his game in San Francisco a lot more. So, um, I, yeah, I just, don't 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 get too drawn in by that third I, round. I, pick. I would. I I just don't see a way for him to get on the field. I too could see him coming in in some goal line situations maybe mm-hmm. uh but but honestly i i, I just I, I don't think he's so good at goal line that he's going to come in and play like he's he would he would play on goal line because it's a lot of wear and tear on a back to, and maybe they just wanted a guy that they cannon fodder they can just have him plow into the line because that's what he can do so Tyrion davis price move along all right. The other guy we want to talk about today is Danny Gray, 23 years old, played for Southern Methodist University, also went in the third round and also went to San Francisco. Also perplexing choice. Yeah. But we'll, what, but what did you see, Tim? We'll get into that. that. That's my point. <laughs> uh, he's six feet tall, 197 pounds, put up 800 yards and nine touchdowns last year at SMU. Uh, what I saw, I I saw plucky hands. You've talked about players that'll yep. pluck balls out of the air. Um, he had a really nice catch in the end zone versus Louisiana Tech where he demonstrated some really nice body control. So he has that in him. He got his his feet down, caught the ball. Um, so that was a nice play. He's got, got that in his toolbox. Uh, a neutral note, he does take handoffs occasionally. He was not very productive with them, but he, <laughs> he did. He did was used in that way uh, at SMU. I have a longer list of negatives. I thought his burst was a negative. He's ran a four three three forty, and I did mm. not see that on tape. Uh, personally, I saw it on tape in exactly one play. Okay, 
Uh, I thought he struggled beating press coverage. I didn't see hardly any yardage <laughs> after the catch. Um, that again, those four three three guys, uh, but lacking burst. So DBs, I were just in his hip pocket all day long. I was not seeing separation with this guy, and he doesn't win contested catches. So I. I don't know. This is 40 chasing as far as I can tell. I literally, the joke I made here, first, before I tell my joke, I'm going to tell you what, what my ne- list of negatives were. Ready? It's going to, it's remarkable how similar it is. Can't get off the line versus the press. Can't gain separation versus man, despite his speed. Doesn't snap down his brakes and takes like five steps to stop. Inconsistent versus zone. Not deceptive with his routes. Poor ball tracking. Little fight for the ball. Stands around at the end of a route even when the play is still alive. Body catcher and minus hands. Uh, undersized. Not elusive with the ball. <laughs> Poor burst once he catches the ball. Not powerful with the ball. Poor blocker for his teammates. Uh, positives. He's fast and he's lucky. Okay. Uh, he had one uh, one play where somebody tipped it up and, and he ended up housing it. And it was just like, Okay, that's not really on him. Yeah, but, that doesn't uh, count. The conclusion I came to between after watching his film, uh, immediately after watching Tyrion Davis Price's film, is I'm pretty sure, and I don't. This isn't a fact. I don't know this to be true, but you know, it seems like it's true that uh, San Francisco uh, had the draft run by somebody uh, like a Make a Wish deal. Like I feel like somebody was like. My my dream is to run an NFL draft for an NFL team, and San Francisco said we're going to make that happen, and yeah, that's what happened. Maybe just in the third round, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Maybe they just said, you know, we're going to give you the third round. If I, I won't. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about the rest of it, but it was surprising because I feel like San Francisco has done a, a pretty good job in drafting some pretty good players, and I this is. Yeah. These are two stinkers, and neither one of them should have been anywhere near the third round. I agree with you. All right, well, let's move on to our analysis of where players went in the NFL draft. When we were setting up this doc, Sean, we kind of drafted ourselves. You you set up the doc and said, I picked one of the guys I want to talk yeah. about, and then I went in and... Added one, and then and, yeah, we yep. went, we'd so go we back went, and forth. We, yep. we went back and forth. So we'll kind of present that this... All right. Uh, this way as well, and this, and that. We, we're, our goal here isn't to isn't to do it like we've done a breakdown of these guys. Our goal here is just to really kind of talk about the situation, the landing spot, yeah. and how things are either changed or perceived differently. Right. So the first guy I want to are we ready for me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the first definitely. guy I want to talk about is James Cook. Uh, now, um, you might remember uh, that I suggested in my eval that he's a budget CMC yeah. or Alvin Kamara. Um, and that was in contrast to most people who who perceived him just to be like a PPR back. Um, this is a, bit, a little bit. You're going to hear this from me a lot. This this is a little bit of a victory lap for me because because I think Buffalo saw what I saw. They wouldn't have spent uh, a second round second pick, round, pick, second round yeah. pick on a PPR back. Uh, so here's what that means: the draft capital means he's going to get the chance to be a full time back. He's not going to just be used. If he can do it all, he's going to be given that opportunity. Um, and prior to uh, the NFL draft, he was going in the second round of fantasy drafts, at least the, the projected. I don't know how many actual fantasy drafts happened before the NFL draft. Some teams, some people do it. Um, you're not, you're not going to see that anymore. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I don't think you're. 
I don't even think you're really going to get him too often in, in the late first. I, to me, he is uh, should be taken earlier than that. I the, um, in a run like in a salary cap league where things are kind of sometimes run back uh, running back heavy, especially if you're playing full point PPR. Uh, I think you could conclude that he's worth the number three overall pick. I think you. I think if you squint, so I put it. If you squint, you. I could see RB two. Wow. Um. So the Bills lost like I think like 184 targets last year. Um, they replaced him with the fifth rounder, a guy I I, uh, I like, uh, Khalil Shakur, I think, and then um, and Jamison Crowder. Uh, I I think. Mr. Cook here is about to get a lot of balls. So let me play devil's advocate here for just a second. Right. And I think you're going to say what, what I would would say to that. So go for it. Well, just there's a couple of points. He was not that workhorse in college. He wasn't. As, as we know. Um, and the I, Georgia never does that, though. Georgia's always sure. got like three, four running backs to throw out there. But I, th- I think it was to the point where he like didn't – he was right around 10 carries a game. Yep. Uh, so the, that would be one question that I think people would have. Another question would be that Singletary has been a, a relatively efficient back, actually. I know he doesn't seem exciting, um, but he's actually been a decent NFL back. So does it sounds like you see Cook totally supplanting him. Yeah. Um, and I do. I just and why is that? And I do. I do because when I think about Singletary, a lot like he's a smaller guy, and that they felt the need to pair him up with with Moss, and it, he's basically because he's better, he's been the, the guy to get most of that work. Um, but I, I just don't see a single thing that he does better than than Cook. I, he's also not big, so he doesn't have a size advantage, and I, I think that Cook is going to be so valuable in that offense that is going to be throwing the ball an awful lot. Uh, he's just going to be on the field an, a lot. Actually, the one downside I see to Cook, and the reason why I said you could squint and you could see that, but I wouldn't do it myself, is the concern I have is the same thing with all Buffalo running backs. <laughs> like Josh Allen is the RB1, right? Mm-hmm. So so do you really think he's going to change enough? I just think that he's going to be able to be on the field in all situations, and he's going to get enough volume by being the guy that can get open and be a mismatch where Singletary was fine. I just don't think he was a mismatch that they could, they could rely on. And I just think that, uh, I think cook's going to be that guy. He's got to eat a couple ham sandwiches to get his weight up, but that, I, I'm not that worried about it. Cause he's not, he's got the frame for it. He can work with you, uh, in the off season. He can take some of my weight. Is San- that what you're saying? San- no, I'm just saying <laughs> in terms of eating sandwiches, like we've got that down. <laughs> he can he can come to Minneapolis. But you, but you said me specifically, like I like I'm working well, on it. Well, just because he's uh, he was your guy. All right, yeah, should, I, guy. should I move on to he my come, guy? He can come. He can come hang out with his brother here in Minneapolis. There you go. All right, the guy that I selected first is Christian Watson. Uh, was taken by the Packers at the top of the second round, pick number thirty four. I was already high on this guy pre draft. I really liked what I saw on tape. And so when he got picked by the Packers, I think his ceiling is as high as any receiver in this class. Now, admittedly, I can see the floor that falls away, mm-hmm. and he just never becomes anything. I can see that. But with him landing in Green Bay, getting the draft capital he got, I just think the chances of success are are 
good. And I th- he's moved up my board. It sounds a little crazy to say this. I, I would not do this, but I have the number two overall pick. And I had a, a, a thought at one point of like, maybe I should take Watson. I don't think I would do that. But that's how excited I am about where so, he landed. So I liked Watson. I liked him, but not as much as you. He moved up my board, right? He moved, I think, from like six to four right now today. Uh, that's the, He has basically a relative athletic score that I think is better than Calvin Johnson's. It's, um, I think, the best in the history of, you know, whatever the combine or whatever it is, uh, with the exception of another guy that's kind of like a like a late rounder that, this year um, who'd had no production. Whereas Watson, you know, the, th- the, the knock on him is the lack of production, but that's that offense. That's not him. He was productive for what he was given. The opportunities he was given, he was productive with. And I think you mentioned when we talked about him, they ran 69% of the time. Yeah, 69% of the time. That There's only so much production you're going to get out of that offense as a receiver. And so, you know, my, my questions with him are really no different than questions that are veiled. I thought his hands were a little suspect. Honestly, you can I could say the same thing about Jamison Williams, right? So uh, is... is the landing spot is really, I think, special in that they don't really have anything great there, and they have a legitimate Hall of Fame quarterback who um, will be able to uh, feed him balls if he's if he's able to do the job. You, you never know, but but he's made really mediocre players look decent, and I, and I know my the, my concern with him was that he's a little too MVS ish. Um, um, he's way better athlete than MPS. So, uh, so I'm not that concerned. I, I think his value has sky, uh, skyrocketed in it and as it should, whether you take him at number two in a one quarterback league, um, because he's got some development to do, it would be hard to pull the trigger there. But, um, but I think he's not far from it. Can I, can I cheat a little bit? Dubs also went to green Bay later in the draft. <clears throat> um, in the fourth round, uh, does does has the needle moved at all for you with Dubs? No, because I I liked you liked him more than I did. I liked as Dubs' well. tape, and and I mean Green Bay is a receiver needy team. I'm not making the Dubs step. <laughs> Sorry, was that bad? Uh, yes, but that's fine. That's our brand <laughs> now. The, the poor dad jokes. Poor dad jokes. Uh, but no, Dubs not is dub. not He's too stiff. He's okay. too stiff, and and and. Even though we figured out the mystery that his forty time was because it was a high school time, by the way, also Jamison Williams, lackluster vertical, also high school. So he he probably could out jump Daniel Falele like you know by like three inches now, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. There there are there are targets to be to be had there. Um, uh, they got Amari Rogers there too. I don't know. He didn't do much last year, mm-hmm. but you know. Sometimes those guys just don't pan out right away. So, um, I, I think right. I think that there's um, Dubs is an interesting like late round play. Um, I I couldn't see him taking him in the first two rounds of a draft. Maybe at the end of the third, kind of a thing. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I just was curious what you thought. 
Yeah. All right. So you cheated, which means I'm going to spend more time talking about my next guy. Well, just kidding. Kind of. All right, yeah, go ahead. Who's Isaiah Spiller is my, was my next pick. Uh, and this is the thing. This is another This is the theme here, Victory Laps by Sean. Uh, pretty much everybody had him as the consensus number three. For me, he was more like number five. I think I even said I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him anywhere near those top two guys uh, when we profiled them. Um, I actually think uh, being putting him at five was just being nice because I presumed he was going to get second-round draft capital. Um, so he slid to the fifth round. Um, Fourth round. Are you sure? Spiller? Yeah. yeah. He's taking a... 123. Yep, yeah, pick 123. That's... Uh... They have the compensatory picks uh, in third okay, round fine, that, fine, fine, that fine. can throw things off. All right, fine. Fine, you're right. Maybe. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> okay. It's math. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think the NFL agrees with me that he was overrated. And if you remember, he was the guy that... He's I, the, the ninth running back off the board. My profile on him was little power, doesn't break tackles, didn't have elusiveness in tight spaces, mediocre hands, meh, black uh, blocker and he was the guy that I, the, the whole lone paw disease thing right. here where he would he would get one hand to reach out hit him in the shoulder and he'd go down um his best skill is uh again following blocking in a man or gap uh, scheme offense that's not what the chargers do now could they change their offense sure they could change their offense i don't think they're going to change their offense for him as a late fourth round pick um now, flip side, he does have a three-down skill set. Like he he has a complete game, even though I don't think it's a very good of a game. So I could see him ultimately being a replacement for Eckler. Um, uh, but Eckler is basically not going to be a free agent until twenty twenty four. So I think that that is you got to trust that he's going to hang out there for a couple years and then. Uh, and then be handed a job, and they're not going to draft anybody else. Like, that's possible, but for me, like, he's nothing more than a third-round flyer. I've seen people suggesting, I, I saw one uh, thing on Twitter where somebody asked a serious question, who'd you take, Cook or Spiller? And that, to me, is an insane question. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's an insane question because Cook is a much better player. It's obvious on tape. He's got better measurables. And then he's got legitimate draft capital with 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 a with a really good team. Like that's yeah. not to me. It's not a close question. If you are still thinking that Spiller is along the lines of Cook, you're just stuck on something. Five, st- five NFL teams passed on Spiller after Cook was taken. <laughs> right. Like probably multiple times. Like they could have. They could have. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there were five other backs. Do you know how many drafted. teams uh, passed on Tom Brady for a different quarterback? Well, there's a whole. There's a. I'm just kidding. All of them. Yeah, because he wasn't. He wasn't. He, even but there's like, there's like that uh, ESPN thing with like all the different quarterbacks that were taken ahead. Of. Anyway. Yeah. So Spiller, look, let somebody else take him. Let's yeah. just let somebody else take him. Like he's he's not going to fall to your third round, but don't be the guy that takes him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's good advice. I 100% agree. All right, my next guy. I kind of bunched a bunch of uh, Atlanta Falcons together. I'm actually going to talk about Desmond Ritter right now. Okay. Ended up being the second quarterback off the board, went in the third round. Um, I liked Ritter pre-draft. 
the fact that he goes to Atlanta, I actually kind of like. I, I see this as, given the situation that could have happened and where he actually landed, this is a good landing spot for me. I think he can take his time behind Mariota. Mm-hmm. I don't see Mariota as a guy that's going to be there long term. Doesn't he feel exactly like Mariota, though? Like he's so similar. So that is what I was going to say. <laughs> don't get too excited about Ritter. I don't know that anybody is. But in terms of landing spot, I do like the landing spot. I'm not predicting Ritter will be a star. I do see a guy that has some skills. Uh, we learned at the Senior Bowl that he is coachable, or the people there thought he was coachable. I think he's got a chance. I would not go out of my way to draft him. In a super flex league, maybe a late second-round pick, maybe Ooh. in, in super flex. Super flex, I would take him I would take him maybe late first, honestly. Oh, you would? Yeah. Wow. Now, and it's just because of the nature of the super flex league. It, it, like, I don't like them for this reason because he's just not as good of a player as a lot of players that I'd want to take then. Um, but like yeah. I, I, for me, that's, that's, and I think I like Ritter. I recall this from when he broke him down. I think I like him a little more than you too, but, um, but you're still talking about ultimately a third rounder and what's the success rate of third rounders in the NFL. And do you want to burn that pick? So maybe I'd be a little more excited about a high, high second. Um, but you know, I, there's a lot of people who are arguing that, uh, that Kenny Pickett should be going one-one in superflex mm-hmm. leagues, and wow. I, and I get it, I get it because like the difference between depending on your scoring system between a mediocre quarterback and uh, a good running back or wide receiver sometimes um, as your superflex is is the, it's better to have the have the quarterback the mediocre quarterback. Um, the nerds said it recently. They talked about, would you rather have, you know, Kirk Cousins or whoever? And I, for me, it's just like, you know, Kirk Cousins is, well, we were talking about the wrong guy, but he's, 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 the ceiling for him is only so high. Desmond Ritter's ceiling, since that's the guy we are talking about, is much higher. It is higher. But it, uh, also the floor that is that zero. The floor, right? the floor is he's Kellen Mond and he doesn't ever play. And that's why for me, he's more of a, a late second round pick is there's so many receivers in this class that I think have I don't know I wouldn't necessarily say more upside but there's just so many good receivers in this class that I think that pushes him down further than it okay. normally would yeah and I, I see that I for me I feel like there's a drop off at the receivers at a certain point so when you start getting to the end of the second round and we'll probably see this when we mock things out I'm a lot less excited about about uh what's available there and so in a one quarterback league or superflex, honestly, it's not a whole lot different because of just the players are who they are. Like, um, you know, I'm probably if I'm in a superflex league, I'm probably taking Ritter. Um, anyway, all right, I I will hold off on, uh, on my other, other guys? Atlanta okay. guys for right, now. Right, right. So I'll talk about Sky. Since I already cheated once, more Skymore, Skymore. Um, so this is a guy. Uh, so pre-draft, he was my wide receiver nine. Um, so post-draft, he's exactly the same for me. He's exactly the same. Maybe, maybe I could bump him up to eight. Um, and I understand he has, the reason why everybody else is going to tell you to move him way up is because he's going to go play with Pat Mahomes, right? Um, I, I'm not convinced 
that the Chiefs are going to be this perennial powerhouse year in and year out, even with a great quarterback. And that's simply because they're paying him so much money. It's going to always be hard for them to field a team with depth in the offensive line and, and depth on defense and whatnot. And I, and I think, so you judge Sky Moore for Sky Moore, and I, I like him. I definitely like him. Um, but I don't know that he, for me, like I've seen him talked about as like wide receiver three. Like I, I can't do it. I can't put him ahead of Wilson or London or Williams. Um, and there are guys that some people would put him ahead of like Burks and Olave and, and uh, Dotson um, and even Christian Watson. Like I just, a lot of those guys also got really good landing spots. And um, I, I just, I think that, what Olave does, for example, much lesser quarterbacking situation there. Um, but as I said, he he's he he's not coverable, and so I still have him ahead of a guy like Sky Moore, who I think is going to be a little limited in terms of. Uh, um, I don't think he's just going to suddenly go in and oh, he's Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's he has an upside. The upside is maybe Steve Smith, which is a good upside. But, um, but I, for me, it just, I think people are overreacting to him. I maybe bump him up a little bit. If you, if some of those guys are guys that you don't like, if you don't love the fact that, uh, Olave and, and Dotson were, were seniors, um, it's fine. You don't have to, you can bump them up ahead of those guys, but some of these other guys have just big ceilings, bigger players, and I think, uh, can do more with their opportunities. Yeah, I don't. I, the I, the thing I like about Sky Moore, I obviously like Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I, I Kelsey just can't be there forever. Nope, and he's old. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like I just feel like Sky Moore is in a spot with a really great quarterback, and he'll be. But don't the you guys? But don't you soon. think the answer though is honestly they're going to draft somebody else too. So what Sky Moore does is what Sky Moore does. Like I, he's not going to become Travis Kelsey. They're going to pair him up with with a, a a bigger guy. Um. So I just. So and you said he was already your wide receiver nine. Yeah. Like I didn't. Sure. Ha- it, it, which is by the way, to be clear, it's a couple running backs and then it's a whole bunch of receivers. I still like Sky Moore. Yeah. I just am not bumping up to wide receiver three. I'm not going to put him ahead of a guy that I kind of panned in Traylon Burks. The upside for Traylon Burks is way greater than Sky Moore. Wow. Okay. I don't, I'm going to, the downside is lower. I'm going to have to, uh, you can disagree. Well, I don't, I, I def, I have not done my rankings. You obviously have your guys laid out already. It's ongoing. I'm sure. (laughs) The change a little bit day to day. Um, but that is a, that's a surprising take, but I, well, I know because I, because I, well, I, we'll get into some of these other guys because I talk about these other guys. Some of these I, I, I drafted, air quoting some of these other guys as, as guys I want to talk about too. So, all right, your and turn. We, and we will get into our rankings soon. Yeah, we'll we'll either get them out on social media. Well, we will do that, and we will also do some episodes on ranking these. Right, we're just and we're, we're trying to do a uh, a mock draft. Um, Maybe next week. So yes. we'll, that's we're trying to get that together with we, we know some lots, exciting lots of, people. 
we know lots of you have uh, drafts coming up, so we're trying to trying to get this sorted out as quickly as possible. All right, on to my player, Sean. Yeah, you go to your All right, let's go back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you and I disagree on this player, Tyler Algier. Mm. Um, I liked him more than you did, uh, yes. just, just when we were watching film. He ended up going in the fifth round uh, to Atlanta, and... Look, I I don't have rose-colored glasses on with this guy. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you just liked him, and I think I didn't, but I don't think you were like, this guy is amazing. No, no. I, I view him as, you know, as like the namesake, Steel, right? I feel like he's probably going to outproduce where people draft him. This year, maybe. Uh, unless he gets hyped. Yeah. He won't so, get hyped. Right. So I think... But there will be a point when, pe- when people, I think, there might be a point when people are like, what? What do they have behind Patterson in Atlanta? Well, that's then, what, yeah. that's my point. Then he, the surge will happen. He lands in Atlanta, where Cordell Patterson was their running back last year. They have Mike Davis. They have Damian Williams there. I don't think those guys are the answer. This is a guy that was pretty productive at BYU. I do see him as a a player that could play all three downs. Um, so I I think even if it was for just one year, he could go in put up some pretty good fantasy numbers he's a guy if you don't think he's the answer long term you could turn around and trade him after next year he would be a guy that i would if i if i did draft him i would be hoping that he somehow pans out and has a big game and i could unload him right away to somebody who who thinks he's getting a young guy who can do something i that's 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 the best i can do for you so i'm guessing he's a player that could go in the third round yeah. Of rookie drafts. Yeah, he should not go before then. And if he puts up decent fantasy numbers this year, you could flip it tr- flip it around to a second rounder in 2023. Now, I, I will say, other mediocre talents went to Atlanta last year in JV and Hawkins, who everybody was excited about and didn't make the team. But and I Mike Davis, see- who everybody was excited about and excited about his thighs, by the way. <laughs> and he made the team, but he got replaced by by a like a thirty some year old wide receiver, right? My, so my, so my my concern with with Algier is 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 he just the next guy like that, and what can you do with it? I mean, Javian. My response to that, my rebut, would be that Javian Hawkins was little. He weighed like one hundred and thirty two pounds. Yeah, he never yeah. he didn't have the build of a of a full time running back, and Mike Davis was old, and I I'm not. Opposed to people being old. Yeah, I'm sound like an ageist. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, this is a young, productive rookie that has a three-down set going to a team that needs a running And I think back. that this depends. If you're a guy who you think you can, or gal, let's be clear, if you're a person who uh, uh, can uh, flip a guy like Algier, if you're a Farhan Hassan, talking to you Farhan who doesn't listen he's a guy that I might spend a late pick on in the hopes that I could flip him and do something with him but it is a you're you're swinging for a single right there as opposed to some other guys who I think you there might be more upside is it possible that Algier has just a boatload of talent and he becomes like he's the next James Robinson yeah that's possible I didn't see it you saw more of it than I did. Um, that's. I think we can leave it there. Sure. All right. We might need to pick up the pace a little bit, Sean. We're at All about. Right. 
We we got about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes left if we're going to try to make an hour. Mm, All right. So on to your guy. Yeah, stop drafting three guys in one round. All right. George Pickens. Okay. So he was a guy that I had rated very highly pre-draft. If you want to listen to what I have to say about him, it it sounds like a love letter. Um, He has every physical trait you want. I don't love his landing spot. Steelers have a history with solid day two wide receiver picks under Tomlin. Everybody's like, oh, Steelers, they always draft a good, but it's not true. Because uh, I remember James Washington, Sammy Coates, Marcus Wheaton, and <laughs> Limus Swede, uh, all of whom got drafted in our league, and all of whom were not good. And, uh, you know, some of the guys that people tout, uh, like Mike Wallace, like they're pretty good there. Ben Roethlisberger, it wasn't like he was actually all that good. He left Pittsburgh and he didn't, he didn't do much. So, um, my concern with Pickens here um, is is Pittsburgh is tied to Chase Claypool, who announced the pick. That was a super weird moment. That was weird. And especially because his reaction was like, uh, yeah, welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can't see your eyes. Like, yeah, they can hopefully hear it in my voice. Um, and uh, Deontay Johnson. And yeah, maybe they don't. We don't know if they're going to offer a contract to Johnson, who apparently wants him. I was going to say a million dollars, but actually that's kind of the, nobody wants. It's a lot more. Right. Um, I think the biggest problem is that they invested a first round pick in Kenny Pickett. And the reason why is that for Pickens to be successful, you need Pickett to succeed. And uh, what he does well does not really suit Pickens game. It's uh, it's more like Ben Roethlisberger with a slightly better arm. Um, first round draft capital for Pickett means I think the franchise might have a Christian Ponder-sized anchor around its neck for three mm. seasons. So, love Sorry, him. Sorry, Steelers fans. Love him. Well, yeah, and that could if be Sean's wrong. right. No, but it could be wrong. He, he could be the next Drew Brees, right? So, mm-hmm. like, pick a guy who, who I say Christian Ponder, you say Drew Brees, really probably profile very similarly. Um, I still wouldn't fade Pickens too much because um, his talent is real. Um, and there's a chance the team might move on from Claypool or, or Johnson. Um, so, uh, and I also temper that a little bit. I made a comparison, which I, you might have made fun of me about, just kind of making some comparisons between him and Randy Moss. I thought that's interesting because Randy Moss came into a similar situation with uh, a team that um, has uh, two established receivers, and you know he quickly established himself as the best player on that team. And that could happen with Pickens. Um, if And they had, when Moss came, the quarterback was Brad Johnson, not a not a strong-armed quarterback, and he could still get the ball to, to Randy Moss. Of course, Randall Cunningham did it much better. Um, my other problem here is it's also the Steelers also have like a terrible offensive line. Mm-hmm. And... It, it, they were able to survive because Roethlisberger could get, could get the ball out in two seconds. I don't know if a rookie's going to be able to do that. And it was literally two it seconds. It was literally two seconds. He just yeah. Everybody ran two-yard routes, and he, they, they, that's what they did. I, I just don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy to do that. I don't think Trubisky's going to be the guy to do that. So uh, I'm worried about what happens to, to Pickens in a situation where he – can't be given the ball in a, in a way that he has a chance to succeed. That's my concern here. So that's why he's dropped quite a bit in my rankings. Okay. I'm going to be really quick on this guy. Drake London 
was already high. I was high on everybody's draft boards, I'm guessing, up in that top tier of wide receivers. Uh, I was really curious to see how those players sorted out in the NFL draft, and to see Drake London go first kind of cemented him towards the top of my my list. Um, You know, it depends on what happens there at quarterback to some degree. It depends on how much... Kyle Pitts takes from I him. I thought it was interesting because he literally plays the same position as Kyle Pitts. Right. Like there he's just twenty pounds lighter than Kyle Pitts, but they did the same things. And 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 the thought I had is other let's forget about the murders. Uh did did it Aaron Hernandez hurt Gronk's numbers? I mean, like not really. It's just they built an offense around I mean, he's not a tight end, but he kind of plays like a tight end and Pitts kind of plays like a wide receiver. So I just think they're going to have a kind of a unique, cool offense there in Atlanta that really is going to feature guys playing in the middle of the field. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that he necessarily moved for me, but that was something I was looking for to see where London landed and being chosen as the first receiver off the board in this class. I think that says something. All right. Next guy, Malik Willis. Uh, Pretty much he was a big shock. A lot of people had him mocked as the first quarterback or second quarterback taken off the board, expected him to go in the first round. I didn't think that was real. Um, but you never know what the NFL team's going to do. He fell quite a bit, middle of the third. Um, a lot of people scratching their heads about what to do. Um, for football development, I actually think this is ideal for him. He's going to a team where he's going to be able to sit behind Tannehill, uh, basically uncuttable for two years. But... What does that mean for a salary cap fantasy football team? For me, it's like he's going to drop, and uh, and I think that if you can hold on to him and let him sit for two years on your on your taxi squad, then you're likely to see him get a chance at the end of that. Now he might never get a chance. They might re-sign Tannehill. Um, but uh, are they, you know? But I think the talent is alluring enough that someone's going to want to see him on the football field. So I would, I would be interested in taking him. Um, I would, I would say, in a in a traditional dynasty league, I've seen him take late first, early second. Um, Feels I feel high to me. Yeah, I feel like in superflex leagues, salary cap leagues, I would say mid second. At the earliest, if you can hold him, but I would say in one quarterback leagues, he he's almost my first quarterback off the board for me. If you can hold him, because you have to get a guy, a top six guy, to to be anything in a one quarterback league, and he's the only guy who I think really can do it. Arguably, Ritter can do it, but I really think like you, a guy like Kenny Pickett, like. In Superflex, that he makes sense. In one quarterback league, I don't see it. So, um, so I'd be much more interested in in Malik Willis. But it has to be a, you have to have a league structure where you can just get nothing out of a quarterback for two years. Mm-hmm. All right, on to my pick, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, one of these guys from the small school. I think I mentioned this last episode. South was, Alabama, right? Yep, South Alabama. Was really curious to see where these guys landed. The the, what, the ones that I liked on tape. He got a third round draft capital. Um, that indicates to me that the NFL is taking him seriously, or at least the Dallas Cowboys are, and they're the team that took him. 
Um, I see Tolbert probably immediately sliding into three receiver sets in Dallas. I know James Washington is now there. Um, if Gallup starts the season on the pup or on IR, he could possibly be a wide receiver too with the Cowboys when the season starts. So I think you're going to get a chance to see what Tolbert does early. There's a lot of vacated targets there. Yes, uh, they 165 targets left when Cooper and Sed Wilson. So I'm not left a town. big vacated targets guy mm-hmm. overall, but it is a thing, and you know you might see some other guys pick up the slack there. But Tolbert's film wasn't wasn't bad. It, I, I, he wasn't in like one of my top couple tiers, but but he, it is a good landing spot. It's a good landing spot, and I would take a fire on him probably sometime in the second round. Yeah. Late, late second, I'd say. I was going to say, maybe late second, early third for me. Yeah. I, I, I just think the opportunity is good, and I just think there's a lot of other guys that um, you're starting taking, taking runs at low probability running backs and tight ends and whatnot. Then, then you know, he's a guy that are like, well, maybe I'd, maybe I'd take a run at him too. Um, but it really depends on, um, I think, you, you, he's a guy that I think you could see something early on. Yes, I think for sure you will. So you'll be able to make a decision. All right. This guy we just got done talking about, so I'm not going to spend too much time on him. It's Jelani Woods. And I will say another victory lap. I told you, we both told you, Jelani Woods is a good football player, and NFL guys were going to like him. And uh, he's a physical freak. I'm not going to go over my profile much more, other than he was taken by the team that has Gigantor, so I'm I, trying to think we maybe AD. need to figure out a, a new nickname for him. I just was like, is it Humongor? <laughs> what what what's it going to be? Uh I actually I think he's um uh in a non Titan premium league, I would say put him as a high upside third round pick. Um I, I think it might be a while. I, we talked about how much you wanted to sign a tight end or draft the tight end in a in a uh, salary cap league because it because it takes a while sometimes, um, but he's going to a team with solid quarterbacking play, and honestly, I don't know how what all they have at wide receiver except for you know like a, a draft pick and and well, they, they got Pittman's looks they got good. Pittman right, but you know he you're going to need two 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 guys on that team that can consistently catch balls and i think he's a, a, woods is a guy that will provide an advantage in a lot of situations and you don't like alec pierce all that much i don't like That's, alec pierce all that much yeah and yeah. i think and i like him better than you but i hear what you're saying and i think jelani woods offers tremendous upside i just like the tight upside. End position. and so we're talking about do we want to hit a, hit a single in the third round or do you want to swing for the fences? I'm swinging for the fences. Heck yeah. Woods. In the third round every day of the week. Yes. Twice on Sunday. That's right. All right. All right. Uh, Tyquan Thornton uh, is a guy that I think probably moved after the NFL draft and probably shouldn't. He went to <laughs> New England in the second round, the middle of the second round. I mean, he does have opportunity there. There's yeah. not much happening at the receiver position in New England. It's a low-volume passing offense, too. Yep. Uh, but he's got second round draft capital. People will move him up their boards. I think uh, I would just remind you of a name like Andy Isabella, who was a similar player, had very similar speed, kind of a small, 
smaller guy, lighter guy. Anyway. Lighter guy. Yeah. This yeah. Uh, Thornton's Thornton pretty tall. Thornton is taller, but he's really rail thin. Right. So um, just, yes. So you want people thinking Andy Isabella. I do because yeah. I... I can beat you. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want them to chase this guy. So here's... <laughs> so let me just tell you about the Patriots day one or day two wide receivers drafted under Bill Belichick. Uh, in 2002, we got Dion, Dion Branch. He was okay. He was all right. right. Uh, 2003, Bethel Johnson. Who? Yeah, he ran a 4.37, and he was terrible. 2006, Chad Jackson. Who? Yeah, he ran a 4.35. He was also terrible. Uh, Brandon Tate. Who? Yeah, he he was not that fast, but but he was also terrible. <laughs> 2010, Taylor Price. Who? Yeah, that's actually fairly recent. I actually don't literally remember this person at all. Uh, he also ran like a 4.41. Another fast guy, also terrible. Aaron Dobson, remember him? Uh, sort of. I can't remember what year that was. That was a couple years ago. Uh, four three seven, second rounder, terrible. Nikhil Harry, you remember him, right? I know Nikhil Harry, yeah. <laughs> terrible. So my point is, I don't know. Bill Belichick might be the greatest coach in the history of coaching. I, I'm not going to take a position on that. I will say he is awful at drafting wide receivers. And I don't know. I know he's got that dog. Maybe the dog drafts the wide receiver. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but but – Tyquan Thornton is a guy that you should let pass. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't chase that second round pick. All right. Ready for me? Yeah, let's do it. Traylon Burks. Uh so this is a guy that I was a little soft on. I I he was pre-draft, I think was my wide receiver eight, and a lot of other people had him in the top four. Uh I comped him to AJ Brown without the route running. Now he is literally AJ Brown. <laughs> Uh, one thing that's worth noting is we sometimes you look to see, hey, did a team trade up to get this guy, or did they just take the guy that was there, right? Because if a guy trades, if somebody trades up to get the guy, that means they're getting their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Titans did one more; <laughs> they traded away one of their best offensive players to draft Traylon Burks, or at least or to, to save money. I was gonna say, but they at least believe that they can replace him. With his doppelganger, his inferior route running doppelganger, and uh, you know you don't see that an NFL team clearing out space for a rookie like that. So for me, he moves up my board significantly. I I suggest that he was not a good route runner. That's true. Uh, I, I I feel like his game was really limited. But when you actually make that move you're far more likely as an organization to feature that player. And if they have to feature him like Cordell or Patterson, where he's just half running back or he's Debo half running back, uh, then I think they'll do that. They're going to want, you know, they got uh, Derek Henry's getting older. Like I, I, I think he's going to get volume as a rookie. And for that reason, uh, maybe he learns to run routes. Maybe he doesn't but at least you're going to know something pretty early with Traylon Burks. And so he moves up my board for that reason. So st- still a first, I assume was a first round pick still a first oh, round yeah, pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, up. it's, it's like he was a first round pick. Even, even me panning him, he was still a first round sure. pick. But now it's kind of like, I like Olave and Dotson, their, their technical abilities, but it just, the ceiling is lower. Yeah. The ceiling is lower. Again, it's that, do you, would you want a guy that you know can be a pretty good, NFL player in Olave and Dotson, or do you want a guy that really has the potential of being a special player? And maybe it depends on where your franchise is at, but Traylon Burks has a much higher ceiling than either one of those guys. And even though I think those other guys are, are almost certainly going to be 
good NFL players. I don't know if either one of them are going to be great NFL players. Gotcha. All right, Rashad White is my next guy. Went in the third round to Tampa Bay. Third round's pretty yep. good draft and capital. And we both liked him. We both liked him. That is pretty good draft capital, especially this year for running back. Um, he, I saw him as being the third running back fantasy-wise yeah. for a lot of people. I do not – I personally do not like where he landed. I don't like him behind – Why is that, Tim? Well, I don't like him behind Fournette. Even though Fournette is 27, so he's getting older, he did just sign a three-year deal. And uh, two I think years, he... are, two years are basically locked locked in. The third year they could cut him, but yeah. But you know, with these running backs, a third round, you know, you get four years maybe with Rashad White, maybe. And and, and how many third round running backs? By the time it comes to be their turn, they just draft somebody else. Yeah, I mean, like I said, third round, it's not terrible for running back, but no. I just, you've already, if, if Fournette is there for two more years, you're already two more, two years down on White. Um, Unless he just outplays him, which he could do. Which he could. But Fournette's I, not a bad running back. He's not. And, and Rashad White is a good pass catcher, so it's possible he steps right into that Gio Bernard role next year. But he's a guy that I saw having that three down set if he went to a team that re- really needed a running back, I would have mm-hmm. been much more excited. This just moves White down my board. I, I mean, I, I think I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think agree. he's still probably a second rounder when it comes down to it for me in a rookie draft. I think for I, for me, he's more late, late first still. Okay, but it's hard because there's all those receivers that That's have so much upside, and he kind of fits into this category with a Damian Pierce or something like that, where it's like. Okay, I like him maybe a little more than this guy, but his opportunity is not great. So, well, Damian Pierce, he's he's got a little more opportunity in front of him. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I got but, Pierce ahead of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, working through Wandale Robinson. Uh, the uh, he went high. He did. Uh, he went high. He went forty three to the Giants, uh, and they tried to trade. Kadarius Tony beforehand, which, you know, Tony had like that huge game, had a bunch, he was injured a bunch and, and he didn't do much, a couple other games. And I, that doesn't add up to you're trying to get rid of the guy. I'm a little nervous. This is speculation, but like, I wonder if, if they know something about Tony because we, he had some character questions coming in. I think that might be what's at play here. Yeah. And, and, for that reason, so the question is, can Wandale Robinson step in and, and be that guy? There are a lot of people who really love Wandale Robinson, and if it wasn't for the fact that he's five foot eight, I would be one of them. Like he is super elusive, he's super exciting to watch. The history of five foot eight receivers in the NFL is brutal. It is brutal. It is here's the best. Cole Beasley, Wes Welker, Jamison Crowder, uh Rondale Moore, we still don't know yet. Uh Tim Dwight and Little Leo Lewis, who was my badminton teacher at the University of Minnesota. You know, he taught me like weight training at the University of Minnesota. So yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a great yeah, guy. Great guy. Uh, but like, those are not guys who are winning anybody fantasy football leagues. So I think he's better than a lot of those people. He does have a lot of ex- explosiveness to his game, but but he doesn't have the same kind of explosiveness and power that Ron Moore has. And we haven't seen out of Ron Moore yet. Um, you know, I'm going to let somebody else take Wondell Robinson. 
So that's it. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but his draft capital is high enough that I, I want someone else to to squeeze the juice out of that lemon. Yeah, he's just I I didn't like his tape, and he went high enough in the NFL draft where somebody's going to take him before I do. So, yeah. all right, Brian Robinson's my next guy going to the Washington Commanders. Uh, can't say it. Can't do it. <laughs> you, you can do it. It's no. okay. Um, <laughs> I view Robinson. I, I did kind of like him. I wasn't crazy excited about him, but I kind of liked him. But to me, going to Washington, he just seems like a, a less athletic, less prolific pass catcher than Antonio Gibson. Oh, yeah. So I... I, I'm just like Did they is, just draft a backup. Yeah, is he just his handcuff and they signed McKissick to a he, two year deal? He's got a little bit a little bit more what what I would call dumb power. Like, you know, he can run through people in a real simple kind of sledgehammery way. Yeah. I just I don't Goal see line back, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see a path to playing time for him. I don't understand this pick and it kinda disappoints me because I, I liked Robinson a little bit. Yeah, I think you liked him a little more than I did, but I didn't dislike him. He kind of fit in with a bunch of guys that I thought were like, oh, I could see that guy getting playing time. He 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 could be a starter for a team, or he could be like the third running back on a team, and like it would really just depend on the offense around him. It wasn't so much about him. Right. I thought he would be a good fit lots of places, and maybe that's why they just drafted him, because then he's a solid, solid backup, and they're, they're going to have a contract negotiation with Antonio Gibson, and they just like that having might- that other guy. That might be the thing. And yeah. he was drafted in the third round. I mean, he got decent capital for running back, sixth running back off the board. He's way better than Tyrion Davis Price or whatever. Yeah. Way better. And yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm disappointed in this in this. <laughs> I feel like this is less about what people should do and more about like a therapy session for you. Well, <laughs> uh I mean, in terms of what you should do with Brian, I mean I I certainly wouldn't take him before the third round in a rookie draft at yeah, this point. I, and that that's a big I, drop. Again, for the me. reality yeah, it is. The reality is of the situation is though, as I'm telling you, when we start getting into these I've done a little more looking at this, there's a pretty big drop off at the end of the second. So I could see someone taking a play at at, at him. I just I don't see the upside. No, I, I, I anymore. The upside is that they move on from Antonio Gibson. I guess. That's the upside. All right. Jeremy Ruckert, another guy we just talked about recently. Uh, here's the thing. The Jets are for real. They are putting together an offensive powerhouse, and it, the key to it is Zach Wilson, which they is whether a, you believe in Zach Wilson or not, that's part of it. They had a nice draft. Well, that, that last year they won the draft too, in my opinion. So we had uh, – they've got uh, – Ruckert was basically my tight end one. If I'm picking a guy that I think is going to be a very good NFL player, it was Ruckert over over uh, some of these other guys that were more highly rated. I think who was uh, McBride. McBride was the number one guy. It's not like I didn't like McBride, but I felt like Ruckert is just does everything you want to play tight end in the NFL. He's going. Um, my only question here is how many balls will he get you've got Wilson you've got uh Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore you still have Corey Davis you've got the ghost of Denzel Mims you've got uh, a guy Michael a, Carter you got Carter who can catch the ball you've got Brees Hall who might Dang. be a better pass catcher than Carter but for sure they're both going to play at least a little bit yeah. so that's a lot of and it, I, I I'm not worried about the guys they have there they've got um 
I think they've they've the got ends, uh, Uzoma and Conklin. I, no one cares about those guys. I'm sorry, the parents and and maybe the spouse, but um, uh, they got Kenny Yaboa, who I like, but Kenny Yaboa is not Jeremy Record. So Record's got a, a great opportunity here to step right in and become a major player right away. I just there's a lot of balls that are going to be demanded by a lot of guys who play close to the line of scrimmage. They got speed. Wilson's got speed. Uh, but he plays close to the line of scrimmage. You got uh, Elijah, speed, likes to play close to the line of scrimmage. So um, that's the only question there, but I'm, st- I still, I'm still buying uh, Jeremy Record. Yeah, it, hopefully Zach Wilson turns out to be worthy of the Yeah, if, and what if Wilson's the terrible? The number two like pick. He, there, there are people who still think Wilson's terrible. He could be. But if he's not, if he's not watch terrible. out for the Jets. That's, uh, yeah. Jets, 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 Jets. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to bring up Zamir White, fourth-round pick for the Las Vegas Raiders. I initially didn't care for this landing spot for him, but then I thought about it a little bit, did a little digging, Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of an interesting spot for him. The Raiders just declined Jacobs' fifth-year option, Josh Jacobs. Um, So I view this as being one of those moves where the Raiders, well, there is a new coaching regime in town there too Mm -hmm. so they might just want their guy or they might just want a bargaining chip like hey you know we've got zamir white we don't need to pay you the money or i really like uh white's film too i really did yeah yeah no he's he's a good player um so i think that there's some of that going on so i think this is this ends up being a Plus for me, I think, where initially I thought it was a negative that he landed with the Raiders. I think the worst I miss you on this take, by the way. You are. 100%, yeah. I think the worst case scenario is that he only takes uh, Kenyon Drake's spot next year. That's yeah. the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is he could be the lead running back for the Raiders in yeah, 2020. He's, he's got the skill set to do it. Yeah. So, no, I think he's a, this is a guy that I would I'd be excited about. He, he, he gets drafted uh, later, so he's not going to be drafted terribly high in rookie drafts, but if you're taking a, a later flyer end of the second, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with this guy because I think the ceiling is, is there. And if it, if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out, whatever, that's fine, but take your shot. And I think he's a guy I would take my shot with. Yeah. And I, I might even take him a little sooner than like maybe mid second, mid to mid to early second round. Yeah. It, 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 it's tough because you still, I still don't have him ahead of, the guy I'm going to talk about next. Well, let's hear about him. Damian Pierce. So here's the thing. I'll make it real simple. We loved his film. I think he has a lot. Uh, he has an NFL body, an NFL game. Um, <clears throat> and he is the only talented back with two Achille, uh, healthy Achilles tendons in Houston. So um, the door is wide open for him. I don't think Marlon Mack is a major obstacle. People know I like Marlon Mack. I I root. I had him. I drafted him. I root for him. I, I want him to do well and be successful. And but, but the reality of the situation is Damian Pierce has got a heck of a game, and he can he can push Mack immediately. So I think um, if and he you can do it all, he's a he's a pretty he good pass catch catcher. Yeah, he he can. He's a good blocker. He's got power. He's got. And he's got uh, he's got a little um, little shiftiness, just enough to get you a little off balance, and then can run over you for the rest. So I do think he's a guy that can be successful even with a mediocre offensive line and and whatnot. So I, I he's a guy that I would gamble on. 
ahead of of Zamir White, but not much ahead, a little ahead. Yeah, I mean the the path to playing time is a little more clear for for Pierce. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and you know they're, they're, these guys are both guys that are drafted um, a little later. Um, but I just think that they're they're both guys that we'd like to film on, and I think the landing spot you can see. You can, unlike Robinson, you can see where this is going. Yep. All right, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, last guy. Uh, kind of similar to my Desmond Ritter take. I'm going to talk about Sam Howell, who ended up going to Washington. Fifth round. I know. So again, <laughs> wow. I, I am not advocating for taking this guy early. No, I but get it. In terms of landing spot, I kind of like the landing spot. I love the landing spot. Um, I like. I liked him when I watched his tape. I thought he this was the guy that had the tale of two seasons, right? Yeah, like, he had the, a tremendous passing season when he had a good offense around him. And then when he didn't, he just ran the he football. He just ran. And yep. so to me, that just demonstrated a versatility in a quarterback. And, and a, he's a gamer. And a guy, he's a gamer, and he's a guy that can throw the ball, and he can run the ball. He's got a huge arm. He does. He has every skill you would want. I didn't see him as somebody who had a nuanced... Um, reading defensive reading, but he didn't seem like a dummy. Like I don't see why he can't do it. And landing in Washington, where he's going to have a mediocre starter, right? Let's just call it for what it is. That was one of my points. He's got Carson Wentz in front of him, who's already flamed out with two organizations. <laughs> and 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 I think that means he just gets to sit this year and 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 soak it up and and yeah. learn a little bit. Carson Wentz is a guy that could go down with injury. There's I'm not rooting for that by any means. They all can, but you know he has a little bit of a history there. Uh, this is a for a fifth round pick. This is a guy. I think I had him pre-draft. Just looking at the tape, he was my quarterback too. He was my quarterback too, and I had Willis ahead of him, um, because based on upside, but not right. based on for me. I, I seeing Josh Allen in in Sam Howell's game and the big thing was the willingness to when when things are stressful to go deep and to figure out oh like that was a selling point for me because yes it can lead to he can be Rex Grossman sexy Rexy just throwing 50 yard interceptions left and right or he can be Brett Favre yeah also throwing interceptions <laughs> left and right <laughs> but doing so all the way to the Hall of Fame <laughs> right and in the playoffs <laughs> and the, yeah, for the Vikings and the Packers. Yay. Yay. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited and the command, sorry, Washington. I'll you can say the commanders, the fine. commanders are not committed to Wentz. Like they can move on from him after this year without, I mean, they, with they barely, gave, they gave some stuff up and let's not forget the fact that they uh, just drafted, I think, a really good receiver in Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they have one of the best. I mean, the two. This is the best route run running, uh, best route running combination in the league, I think. Uh, wide receivers. Yeah, maybe the Vikings, right? But like, <laughs> but Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson are both really, really special route runners, which means they're going to get separation, which means whoever's quarterbacking that team. And maybe this is an argument for resurgent uh, Carson Wentz, but eh, we'll see. Uh, I would rather take a gamble on Sam Howell in that situation. Fifth round, be damned. I think I think he's the guy. I mean, you wouldn't draft him high, but get get him with that late pick. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, for sure. I think when you're drafting late in your rookie drafts, a guy with upside. Especially Superflex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would, I mean, how, would you take him in a, in a three-round, one-quarterback league draft? I'm not so sure I would. I don't think you'd need to. I think he's going to go undrafted. Yep. If you're talking three round, one quarterback. Yeah. But let's um, say let's say you made some trades and you got like three third round picks. I might throw one Sam Howell's way. Sure. I think also I don't expect him to play early. Like you're not going to see him yeah. this year. If you so. got if you've got short benches, you, you'll be on your waiver wire. Yeah. So pick him up at the end of this coming season or pick him up Halfway even in through. your free agent auction yep. possibly. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think he's probably going to see the field much. No, I agree. All Is right. That it? Do we make it? Well, we did make it to the end. We did not make it in under an hour, but that's okay. There's timestamps. We, we can just cut all the things that you said and <laughs> just leave the things I said. People can bounce around with timestamps. It's okay. It's fine. I know. Sometimes but there might be some people that like to listen to us. I don't know. So uh, speaking of that, mm. next week uh, we have a rookie draft. We are we are efforting to have a rookie draft for you next week. We're going to try very hard to put together a, a lineup of knowledgeable folks that we can make fun of when they make the wrong pick. That may or may not include... Johnny from Detroit. What? I know. I'm still in contract negotiation, right. uh, negotiations. He's pulled out for a lot here. He's, he drives a hard bargain. He I got to tell you. No, I, I get that. And I would if I were him too. And it sounds like we might have one Justin Bodie join That's us. That's a possibility, yeah. So again, hard, hard bargain driver. He is a hard bargain driver, mostly because his kids play soccer. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's that's what we're trying to do next week. That way uh, you can at least hear our thoughts and on, on an actual order before you do your rookie drafts. And then for those of you who are maybe slower drafters, um, we'll start breaking them down position by position. In terms of rankings. Rankings. Yeah. 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 All right. So, well, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to doing the mock draft next week and our rankings after that. And until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.